0: Welcome to the Just What I Needed to Hear podcast with Yoga Farm Ithaca, where we teach you how to live the principles of yoga both on your mat and off the mat in the living curriculum of your precious life. I just started doing kundalini yoga and I've noticed that my hot flashes have disappeared. I actually thought it would increase them since you're building energy in kundalini yoga. Do you think that the decrease in my hot flashes is related to my kundalini yoga practice? It's absolutely related. Yeah. So when we're doing a regular daily kundalini yoga practice, particularly with breath of fire, we're creating a situation where our pituitary and our pineal glands, the master glands of the endocrine system are working as efficiently as possible. Okay. So it's a, it's a whole revamping of your hormone hormone system, and regulation in the body. Now, when we stop menstruating or when we begin to stop menstruating in like perimenopause, what we have to understand about moon cycles and, and menstruation itself is that that, through an Ayurvedic lens, blood is fire. And so when we bleed, we are actually like radiating that heat and that fire energy. We're getting it out of the body. Okay. So out the bleed, the fire element can build and not be expressed, not, a, it, it isn't a, allowing itself to be fully transmuted and created into a more subtle aspect of fire. And so, um, that's where hot flashes can come from. You know, the, the hormone shift is one. And the second is just the fire element in the body gets out of balance itself and you heat up, heat up. And eventually you're going to have a hot flash because your body's got to <laughs> So if you're doing breath of fire, if you're building this heat in this intentional way and you're allowing it to express up and out, it goes from being dense fire that can create a hot flash to subtle fire. Mm. It won't have some waves, but they're not going to be the extreme waves that many people experience. So yeah, if I had a like game of telephone to play, I would like <laughs> about kundalini yoga and menopause all over I- the planet. Um, It is a game changer. It's way more potent. It's way more efficient. It's way more energetic. And a lot of people are just not ready for that quite yet. And so, you know, Hatha Vinyasa Yoga um, comes into our practices and our awarenesses because that's the perfect thing at the time for us. Hatha Vinyasa is like start on the outside and work your way in. Whereas Kundalini Yoga is... Let's get right into the inside and work it all out. Um, it's also different in the context of Kundalini uh, yoga would fall in the category of Tantra yoga, which is not about withdrawal of the senses, it's not about like going deep into this, like uh, Samadhi state of disengagement with the world, which that is at the end of the path of raja yoga or hatha vinyasa yoga kundalini yoga being in alignment with tantra is about taking that god consciousness that divinity that's within us and connecting it to the outside world and staying in that present moment connection with everything that's going on uh hatha vinyasa yoga is pretty masculine the lineages that have passed the information down are masculine lineages because Kundalini has kind of been under the surface and it stays in that tantric category and that energy category, it tends to be a much more feminine sourced practice. And I don't mean male, female. You guys know that about me at this point. It's just, there's, there's different energies. There's masculine energy and feminine energy. There's masculine ways of teaching, feminine ways of teaching. We all can tap into it and have healing from any of it. So it, it's, it's just good to notice that it's a, it's a completely different approach. It's bizarre. I'm going to be 70 and I can tell you, I feel young, I feel healthy, and I'm starting to notice cycles of feeling surges that I haven't felt in a long time. Surges of urges, let's say. So the exact protocol of seven minutes a day of breath of fire is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, if you don't already do a flaxseed regimen that can also, uh, flaxseed is an incredible supplement to add in when you're feeling those hot flashes, power surges, whatever is going on along with, um, increased oil oiliness of the skin or breakouts of the skin. um, The the other thing that I can say about, you know, being with the vata time of life, because that's really what it is. I go into menopause, you're in your vata time of life. There's an uptick of natural uptick of air and ether. So sometimes what can happen is that that fire gets the back burner you know, and, and culturally, we don't talk about like what postmenopausal sex is like, and pleasure is like, and orgasm is like, and all of those things are really is like really an in pretty integral part of our overall health and hormonal system. So, deepening and finding ways to invoke that heat, that passion, that energy. So that it does have a way to come up and out and it doesn't stay in the kombucha bottle, just like shaking until it forces its way out in other ways that be, maybe are less uh, appealing or fun. It's, um, it, it, it's so, uh, it seems so counterintuitive to me. Um, and I, and I recognized that I had a, I had such a great privilege of growing up in a very matriarchal, um, extended family, uh, really until I was, um, I mean, in my thirties had multi-generations of women still living and, uh, and that age with that age came so much respect and so much wisdom that, um, I forget and, and. Until I consciously make that commitment to not forget that that's not how the rest of the world operates, uh, that we don't typically revere women in their 70s and 80s as being these like deep wells of not only, you know, generational wisdom and knowledge and lived experience, but also as these, you know, incredibly sacred vessels. Um, And, and all the things that our bodies have been through and done and the strength that they have that like, you know, I'm not quite sure that we haven't, why we haven't caught up quite yet with the value system in regards to, uh, women that are aging and and having this fire, this passion still, and the time, because they're not distracted by all of the other distractions that could have been happening in past decades, like children and work and uh, navigating new relationships and things like that, like the distractions are gone. And so the downloads and the passion and the connection to, to goddess, to the earth, to divinity, whatever it is resonates with you, is potent and strong. And so it's important to talk about ways to continue to keep the physical vehicle nice and strong and working optimally because there's just so... Much wisdom, experience, and love to be shared. So, yeah, we have to talk about it all the time and way more than we do right now. And I do think I think that we're going to start moving to this, um, to a much more, you know, l- lack of a of any different word. I know some people don't love this word, uh, a crone based society. And, and understanding that you know, the the wise woman, the wise woman is is an archetype that we all can invoke at any time in our lives, and that we all can take step by steps and deepen into, rather than this kind of like uh, woman that ends up invisible or um, ends up um, you know feeling like there's a lack of purpose or drive because. There aren't children to tend to, or a career to focus on, or, you know, at, and to also recognize that maybe women in their seventies and eighties do want to start businesses and have careers and do all of those things. And their inherent value is, is actually in the not doing and in the being able to see a bigger picture because they have lived a longer lifetime and, and seen many, many different perspectives. I always think about those four archetypes, maiden, mother, enchantress and wise woman. Um, those are the feminine male or female. Those are the feminine archetypes, uh, that we move through in our life cycle. The masculine archetypes are a little different. Okay. So they're, they're magician warrior. Okay. Magician, warrior, king, and lover. And, um, and I didn't say those in order. It'd actually be magician, warrior, lover, king. The king energy, that ruling energy, the, the benevolent king energy, not like toxic king energy is what I'm talking about. Benevolent king energy, kings can't function without the wise woman without the prone energy. That's where they get their wisdom from. That's their advisor. You know, we see this play out in fairy tales and it's not often in like most uh, endearing light. I always, in my brain, go to the, um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right? And the sheriff of Nottingham, he's trying to take all his power and he has the like uh, witch that works with him and, and they're in cahoots, right? And there's, there's certainly that shadow aspect. There's the light aspect of that. But we can't step into our mastery as leaders and rulers of our own sovereign life without stepping into our wise woman. And I really do think that it's vital to um, for mental health and well-being, you know. Um, I just look at, you know, my mother-in-law and um, it's important to actually communicate that we see people aging into more value rather than aging out of purpose. I love that. And I'll own my bias, right? I love history. I love antiques. Um, and and it is, it's just my belief and experience in this world. The people that have been around and have seen the most, uh, they have so much to teach us. And, and so much to teach beyond the, like, details of, like, oh, you know, do this, don't do that. Oh, I wish I'd done this in my lifetime. or it, This isn't about advising. It's about wisdom. Like, these little details that you're fretting about, they don't matter. Yeah. So it, it is. It's, it's aging into value the way that we look at, you know, um, the... The most ancient mountain range, the most deep ocean bed, um, and all of the treasures that we can find in those places that have been around currently a really long time. Thank you. And I want to back it up a little bit because I, I don't want to say that um, menopause and uh, wise woman phase are always the same. Um, you know, women go into menopause at a variety of different times in their lives. And, uh, there is that, um, there's that archetype that we often pass up or jump over because culturally, you know, we have that old puritanical, um, roots and history and karma to undo around sex and sexuality for women. And, you know, even if we don't believe this on a conscious level, we're taught, to view like sex is for procreation sex is for having children sex is what you do with a you know long-term monogamous partner that you're madly in love with that you've been with for a really long time all of those values and so we tend to jump right over that enchantress phase or the wild woman phase um, that can very often not even take off until menopause okay and so we're talking about having years of the enchantress of like Kind of pushing those boundaries, kind of recognizing, stepping into the energy of like, wow, everything that I thought was maybe um, the most important thing isn't the most important thing to me. And I've been appeasing people and society and norms for 20 X number of years. And now I'm done with that. And so I'm going to question those things and I'm going to do what I want and I'm going to wear what I want and I'm not going to adhere to those restrictions of like, this is what a 50 year old woman looks like and acts like and behaves like and talks like, right? So we don't wanna jump over that enchantress phase. Enchantress phase and, and um, sex during menopause can be some of the most passionate, the most invigorating, the most interesting um, because we are able to step out of, right? And it does take deprogramming to step out of equating value with youth and taking care of other people and our bodies looking a certain way. Because at some point you cross that threshold where you're like, mm, this is just what's going on. Like my butt is creeping down the back of my legs. It just, it, and you know who cares? Nobody but me. And you know who still thinks I'm sexy? This person and this person. Have I ever been asked to put my clothing back on? No. So why am I worried about this shit? And when you can step over that threshold and start to own your body for the like miracle that it is exactly as it is, that changes the quality of intimacy and sexual experiences that you can have. And that can be with anybody. That doesn't have to be a long-term partner. You're not looking to, you know, create a partnership and raise a family anymore. So those rules fly out the window you know, that you can really explore and enjoy simply for your own experience in this lifetime. And so I think sometimes we focus on maiden, mother, crone. And we pull we pulled out that witchy woman that's out of control because it makes everybody uncomfortable. It doesn't fit into the narrative. It doesn't fit into society as we have laid it out right now. So It takes a bit to step into that, you know, it it really, really does. And, and don't miss out on it because it's important.